This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council On Air comes to you 6pm Tuesdays here on OR 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. Join Lux, Valerie and their special guests to hear the latest from the Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council and celebrate unity through diversity. DMEC On Air, 6pm Tuesdays with podcasts available anytime from oar.org.nz, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Hi everyone and welcome to the DMEC Youth Radio. My name's Abby. My name's Max. And we're back again with our podcast about health issues. I'm a second year dental student. And I'm a second year medical student. And we have a podcast here every month where we talk about kind of community health issues, what it means for us, and we just like to educate people from a student's perspective. And this week, we've got a really cool show about antibiotic resistance. Yeah, so this is a really huge issue. Uh, Some of the big issues with it is pan resistance, so so resistance across all antibiotics, and and multi-drug resistance. So these are huge issues. Back in 2013, the CDC said that we were in a post-antibiotic era, and in 2014, the WHO said that the crisis was dire. Uh, so it's been estimated that by 2050, more people will die per year of antibacterial resistance than cancer. Modern medicine, such as transplants and surgeries, will be impossible without working antibiotics. So this is a huge issue, plenty to talk about. So let's just dive right on in. Yeah, so first of all, we're going to go back to basics to make sure we really set the scene here. So first up, what is an antibiotic? Um, An antibiotic is a medicine which targets bacteria specifically. They do not target other types of infectious microbes such as fungi or viruses. For those, you need antifungals and antivirals. So what it does is kind of in the name, this is something which kills bacteria. Um, And Max is going to tell you how they work specifically. Yeah, so there's plenty of different ways. So each antibiotic is really specific in what they do. So one of these methods is the inhibition of cell wall synthesis, such as with drugs like penicillin. So bacteria need to grow and divide, and in doing that they need to make a new cell wall, which encloses them and keeps them protected. What what and, and what drugs like penicillin do is that they go into the cell wall they stop it from forming correctly, so when the bacteria goes to divide, they explode, which kills the bacteria usually. Uh, another way is the disruption of, of cell membrane function, like polymycin. Uh, this prevents the cell membrane from allowing things through uh, as they usually do and can kill the bacteria. Another way is the inhibition of protein synthesis, like tetracycline. Uh, this this does things like prevent life functions, making proper enzymes, and kills the bacteria. Another way is the inhibition of nucleic acid synthesis, like rifamycin. And nucleic acids, for those who don't know, are like the building blocks of DNA or RNA, which makes up our genome, and the same for bacteria. So... By, by inhibiting making new nucleic acids, the bacteria can't divide and can't make new bacteria. 
And finally, they have actions as anti-metabolites. And these will prevent making new proteins and prevent life functions. And it's also really important to note that when you give an antibiotic, it doesn't just target the one that's making you sick. They target all bacteria inside of you that they can reach and can act on. So this has some pretty big side effects like Abigail can talk about. Yeah, so a lot of times when you're given antibiotics, there's a lot of kind of gut side effects, like maybe diarrhea or constipation. And that's because we have a lot of bacteria in our gut, which also die. So that's why a lot of times it's recommended that you take probiotics alongside antibiotics to try and build back up that natural healthy levels of bacteria, which we need. Um, And we also wanted to explain what antibiotics don't do because a lot of people also don't understand that. So antibiotics do not kill viruses. So if you have a cold, which is caused by the rhinovirus, you do not need antibiotics. They won't do anything. Um, A lot of people don't seem to understand this. If they have a cold, they go to the doctor and they want to get antibiotics. And this kind of just... It doesn't have any good effects. It only has bad effects. You're wiping out all your natural bacteria and you're helping bacteria become resistant to antibiotics. So sometimes it's not, you know, up to the... It's not the person's fault. It, you know, it's hard to tell if you need antibiotics or not. So to be on the safe side, you might be given antibiotics anyway, even if it turns out you didn't need it. And this is basically how resistance develops. So, you know, what actually is resistance, though? What is it, Max? Yeah, so there's two main types. So there's intrinsic resistance and acquired resistance. And so we're not really worried about intrinsic resistance. This is just naturally a bacteria might be able to survive an, uh, uh, an antibiotic. Uh, for, like, like, for example, you might try to inhibit cell wall synthesis but a drug just might not be able to make it to the cell wall because that bacteria might have a really thick outer layer. Uh, And we aren't really worried about that. They're just naturally resistant to those drugs. What's the problem is acquired resistance. So this is when originally the bacteria has no intrinsic resistance. You can give some penicillin and the bacteria will die. But after exposure to a specific drug, they can become resistant. So bacteria are always evolving new ways to carry out their cellular function so that antibiotics don't kill them as they did uh, uh, as they did before. Yeah. And we talked about antibiotics targeting things like protein synthesis. So what this means for the bacteria becoming resistant is that they might change the way they make a protein or they might just use a different protein instead which can enable them to survive. Yep, so when you take antibiotics, all of the non-resistant bacteria will die and the resistant bacteria will survive. So on a population scale, this means that when they then reproduce, all of the the bacteria left are resistant. And then this resistance gets passed on through generations and are passed on then to other people. And this means that even if you've never even taken an antibiotic, if you've never given a reason to have resist- to have resistant bacteria, 
it is still likely that you have some antibiotic-resistant bacteria inside of you from another person or the environment. So how does antibiotic resistance actually develop at the cellular level? Um, it can be... It's spontaneous, so it happens through mutation. And what that means is that there's a change in the DNA of the bacteria just randomly, and it so happens that this little change allows this bacteria to survive an antibiotic. And this then gets spread, as Max just talked about, through natural selection when these bacteria survive and reproduce and pass it on. But a really interesting thing about bacteria is that it doesn't just have to be passed on through the generations. They can also pass it on to each other without reproducing. So what this means, as a human example, it would be like if I touched Max and I gave him some of my DNA, bacteria can do that and pass their genes and their DNA along to each other which is really cool, but really not what we want them to be doing with antibiotic resistance. So they can just pass this on. They don't even need to reproduce, and they can pass it on to each other. Yeah. So there's spontaneous mutation. There's horizontal gene transfer. So it's really easy for the for, for, for resistance to spread. And we can actually encourage resistance by not taking our antibiotics correctly. So if we skip doses, or if we don't take them as directed, perhaps I'm only taking one um, 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 instead of two, this can sort of give bacteria a taster of what the drug is like, but doesn't actually kill them because it's not at a high enough dose. So this is allowing bacteria to develop resistance without actually having any good effect for yourself. Mm. So... This all sounds, you know, really bad, but why does it actually matter? What does this look like in the community? Yeah, well, the really big and obvious one is increased mortality from previously treatable diseases. So, for example, perhaps a couple of decades ago, if, if you got a sepsis, so bacteria in your blood, that could be easily treated with a dose of an antibiotic. Now it might be a, be a lot more complicated. You might give them that same antibiotic and it has no effect. Then you will have to run around and panic, give them a, um, a combination, give them new drugs. This not only is, is, more, is more expensive and takes longer, but it could take up valuable time and cause the patient to die or need amputations or other really serious effects. Mm, and just giving them more and more antibiotics instead of just giving them one, now we need to give them two or three. You know, this isn't actually solving the problem at all. This is kind of just pushing it further down the line and making it worse and worse. Instead of just being resistant to one type of antibiotic, now they're becoming resistant to multiple. And this, you know, you kind of think, oh, well, we just need more antibiotics, but there's a problem in that, that we aren't getting more antibiotics, really. The pharmaceutical industry just isn't funding new research. There was 19 antibiotics put on the market between 1980 and 1984, and between 2000 and 2014, only 13 were developed and approved. So that's 19 in four years back in the 80s, and 13 in 14 years more recently. 
and you might wonder why this is happening why don't they care about antibiotics well there's no economic gain really to be found in making antibiotics they're only used for a really short period of time like you might only take antibiotics for a week or even for three days um and there's just not many years that they could be on the market before they're kind of useless because bacteria have become resistant to them. Due to this increased resistance, drugs that aren't first line have to be used. These tend to have more side effects and are more expensive. And studies have shown that having to treat drug-resistant bacteria in hospitals results in stays that are about 6 to 12 days longer and cost much more. So these are huge issues on a population level scale that really are a huge issue. And this isn't just a small group of bacteria out there that are resistant. This, these are some, you know, really, really important bacteria that we want to be able to treat really easily, really effectively that are becoming resistant. So the CDC made a list of threats that they deem, you know, kind of the most serious bacteria that are becoming resistant. And we just wanted to share a few of these with you to kind of put in perspective what we're talking about here. So there's Salmonella typhi, which causes typhoid fever, Strep pneumoniae, which causes pneumonia. There's tuberculosis. There's streptococcus, which causes strep infections, and these are all resistant to either one or multiple antibiotics. And just a nice little link in here, that strep we were just talking about actually causes rheumatic fever, which we talked about in our last podcast, if you listened to that. Hopefully you did. Yeah, so it's pretty clear to see that antibiotic resistance is all around us. I mean, most people have probably heard of MRSA, This stands for Methicillin-Resistant Staphylococcus aureus, which is a really common bacteria. It's really nasty. It causes infections from skin infections, ear infections, throat infections, pneumonia, cardiac infection, bone infection, joint infection. It it, it just goes everywhere, and it's really dangerous. And this isn't the type of bacteria that we want to be surviving our medical treatments. Yeah, all of these are really horrible bacteria. Like we mentioned tuberculosis. Imagine if we couldn't treat tuberculosis anymore because it's just resistant to antibiotics. How awful would that be? And, you know, you might be wondering, well, where the heck did this problem come from? You know, it seems like it's cropped up out of nowhere. Whose fault is it? Who's caused this? There's a lot of factors that go into causing antibiotic resistance, but we are kind of perpetuating it with how we prescribe antibiotics. So just some statistics for you. The top two medicines that are prescribed by dentists, which account for half of all their prescriptions, are for antibiotics, for amoxicillin specifically, which is a penicillin derivative. And the third medicine is an antifungal so it's just it's not just antibiotics it's also antifungals and antivirals but you know we're just prescribing 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 antibiotics and it was actually found in a study in australia that 55 percent of all antibiotics which were prescribed by dentists were over prescribed they were not necessary the patient didn't need them but they were given them anyway And the main kind of factor that 
kind of compounds this is years of practice. So older dentists are more likely to overprescribe antibiotics. And it was actually the new graduates who were the best at prescribing antibiotics when appropriate. And it's not just dentists who do this, it's also doctors. Yeah, so they have very similar issues. So the inappropriate use of antibiotics comes from largely mistaking viral infections for bacterial, wrong doses or duration, and over and overprescribing new antibiotics. And this really drives the evolution of bacteria towards resistance. And this is really seen worst in patients that have an increased susceptibility to infection, who have poor nutrition, who might be immunosuppressed, or people who are undergoing invasive medical procedures, like like a surgery. And then the spread of these new strains of resistant bacteria are boosted in areas of crowding and homelessness, in places that have poor sanitation, such as daycare centers or hospitals, which may sound like they're really well sanitized, but since there's so many bacteria and viruses going everywhere, uh, they tend to be really, really infectious. If you go to a box that has gloves in it in a hospital, chances are it's going to have a drug-resistant bacteria on it, despite all of the efforts of the cleaners and doctors to keep everything really hygienic. And with international travel as well, the effects of which are really, are really clearly shown with how COVID has, has been, been moving between countries, this can very easily go global. Yeah, and I think now you kind of have a picture of what's going on and why it happens, who's causing it. Um, but you're probably wondering, well, what can we do about it? You know, obviously there are times when you just need an antibiotic. If you have, like Max talked about earlier, sepsis, a blood infection, we're not just going to send you on your way and let you be. You need an antibiotic to kill the bacteria and get better. But there are some kind of alternatives and new practices which we need to consider to mitigate this problem. Um, one of these alternative therapies are bacteriophages, which is not something most people know about. It's basically a little virus which is really specific to um, species of bacteria. They only kill bacteria and people are looking at administering these and they go in your bloodstream and they go to the bacteria and they kill it. And these are really cool because they only target one type of bacteria so there's some research going on into this unfortunately it's not funded by the pharmaceutical industry but hopefully in the future we might see some more kind of interest in this field yeah and of course having new antibiotics being researched and released is really important there's there's really been a slowdown in new products at, uh, as we talked about earlier so it's really important that pharmaceutical industries uh, develop and research new and better antibiotics for the future. Mm. And we also need to just look at some changes in practice. You know, we might not be able to find more antibiotics, we might not be able to fund new treatments, so we need to change how we're acting and how we're prescribing. So for dentists specifically, a lot of what needs to happen is just stop giving people antibiotics when they don't need them. You know, we talked about that 55% of antibiotics just aren't required. So we need to 
do some more education, I think, in dental school and even dentists who've been in the field for years and years because they're part of the problem as well and just not prescribing antibiotics all the time. Yeah, but this can be really tricky because the best way to determine what species of bacteria your patient is infected with and what resistances it, um, it already has tends to require a lab culture or genome sequencing, and this takes a lot of time. And in the meantime, your patient needs to be treated. So you have to do some, some empiric therapy, which is just your best guess, until you can find out more. And if you guess wrong, then you're giving antibiotics for no good reason and providing an, an opportunity for more resistance to, to spread with no patient benefit. Yeah, so it's a bit of a rock and a hard place, really. You, if you don't give someone antibiotics, they might have a bacterial infection, which just gets worse and worse, and then you have to give them heaps of antibiotics at the end to treat them. Or you do give them antibiotics, and it turns out they actually didn't need it, and now the bacteria has become resistant. <laughs> yeah, so it's really tricky. There's no easy solution. And it's going to be a big talking point, I think, for years to come on how we're going to be handling this and, and, what, uh, uh, and what we can do t- to sort out this problem. Yeah, and kind of a really interesting thing to note is this isn't a new problem. This has been developing for a long, long time, but it's kind of only recently people have turned around and realized what a bad situation we're in kind of the past 10 years people have realized that we're just making the problem so much worse and this maybe could have been avoided way back in the 50s the first paper to be published about antibiotic resistance was published in 1947 so we've known about this problem for a really long time but people just didn't take note of it they didn't think about the implications of it and now we're at this critical point where we just we need to do something and it's quite important to note that this isn't just an issue with bacteria these also affect viruses and fungi which are becoming a lot more resistant so this not only affects our antibacterials but our antifungis and, and antivirals Yeah, and kind of one that's really important to me as a dentist is the candida fungus, which you might not have heard of, but it's really common fungus, which causes a lot of different types of infections. It can cause skin infections and so on. And the main one that it causes is thrush. So this is the fungus that causes oral thrush, and this is becoming resistant to the treatment which is an antifungal called fluconazole. Yeah, and if you want an example for viruses, one of the quite topical ones is, it, um, 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 is HIV. So this is a virus which affects your, your, your immune cells. Uh, it first sort of came in force in the 80s, and once we sort of did, uh, found some pharmaceutical treatments for it, we used them one at a time, and pretty quickly resistance was made and they became quite useless. So what has since been developed are combination therapies. So you'll not only take one antiviral, you'll take quite a few. You'll take one that targets protein synthesis, one that targets the receptors, one that targets all different parts of the virus life cycle so that even if one fails and, and resistance is made, Hopefully the others won't fail and you'll still get 
get the good treatment. Mm, and it's, you know, this whole thing is such a shame because way back when antibiotics were first discovered, they were absolutely incredible. We had a way to kill bacteria, which, you know, you can't even see that can kill you really easily. We had a way to treat these infections. We were able to perform surgery without people just dying from infection. Um, so it's kind of detracting the health benefits now of antibiotics because we're in this global crisis of antibiotic resistance. Yeah. And this is, again, just made a lot worse by the lack of development of new antibiotic agents from from pharmaceutical companies to address this challenge. And this resistance really makes a huge health and economic burden on our healthcare system and and our population. Uh, we really need, in the future, coordinated efforts to implement new policies, renew research efforts, and pursue steps to manage this crisis. So I hope you kind of have a better idea now of what's going on with antibiotics, what they are, how they work, and how we're making them not work (laughs) by just giving them to people all the time. Um, It's a really big issue And it would be really great if more people were aware of this because everyone has a part to play in this, you know. Instead of going to the doctor and demanding antibiotics, now you're kind of more aware of when you should and shouldn't have them. And now you know about what's going on with antibiotic resistance and why everyone's talking about it all the time. So thank you for listening. We will be back again next month. We're here every fourth Tuesday of the month. So next time will be the 28th of September. And we're going to be talking about mental health, which is a huge problem in New Zealand, especially for our ethnic minorities. And it's pretty important for us as dentistry and medical students as well, which we'll talk about more next time. Um, Thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you again on the 28th of September. It's always great to talk about these sorts of things and I'm looking forward to next time. Bye. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.